thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. We are in the middle of a miracle. And I'm really, I hesitate using a word like miracle because I'm a very rational person when it comes to evaluating what words really mean. But I tell you, when people are giving the way people are giving and the way we are going to give today, that is a miracle. That is not natural. That is supernatural. That is God at work in people's lives and in people's hearts, which is just fantastic. And uh, as Josie mentioned, I'm still, still journeying some health challenges, but I've genuinely been on a high all week just because emails pinging or messages coming in from people that perhaps can't be here. And uh, in fact, let's stop a moment and can we all wave to all the people that are watching online and uh, appreciate them. And we know that there are some people really struggling, um, particularly praying uh, for Wendy Parkinson, who looks like she might have COVID, so we're lifting you up, Wendy. Uh, for Raina Bullen, who is uh, also struggling through COVID, and others, I'm sure, um, who, who will be there. But it's just, been, it's just been absolutely fantastic. And before we go any further, just want to reiterate everything I've been saying in this whole thing. This is not about a building. This is about the people of God bringing the kingdom of God here on earth. It's about us having a space. It's about having a tool that we can use to bless our community and we can use to raise disciples, be a family of disciples, making disciples. That is what we are giving to today. But it's also a moment where you and I can declare to God and can declare to the principalities and powers that money is not our master, that we do not live for ourselves, that we take the teaching of Jesus seriously when he says life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. As we give, as John has just said, we're effectively choosing less possessions. We're choosing less stuff because we understand that life does not consist in the abundance of stuff. Life is found in giving it away for others. That is the abundant life, life in all its fullness that Jesus talked about. And so as we celebrate today, as we celebrate however much comes in by people being able to give today, people that may be watching online, sending it in or whatever it is, that my heart is buoyed, not because we're fundraising, but we are disciple raising. That as we choose to put money in its rightful place, and therefore God in his rightful place, we are making steps to becoming the disciples that God longs for us to be. So we looked quite, we looked quite a bit last week at what Jesus said about money. And as we see the biblical narrative, we see fairly quickly that the people that were with Jesus, they got it and they put it into practice. And so the first few chapters of Acts, we see the early church getting it. We see them doing this radical approach to life and possessions and community. We see it kind of talked about in Acts 2 where it says the believers were together and had everything in common. They had this crazy communal approach to how they did life. And it was just like, my money, your money, my stuff, your stuff. That was how they lived. 
it says they sold property and possessions and they gave to anyone who had need. And we know that they started with the people around them that were part of their church family and then they moved beyond that. Church history tells us that. We see it again in Acts chapter 4 where it says all the believers were one in heart and mind. It's probably the most united the church has ever been. And um, (laughs) all the believers were one in heart and mind. And I pray that as we give today, we will be one in heart and mind. Again, no one claims that any of their possessions was their own. Let me talk about radical Christianity. Talk about a radical approach to possessions. And from time to time, those that did have stuff, those that owned land or houses, they sold them. And they brought the money from the sales and, and they put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. These were the guys and women who walked with Jesus, who took his word seriously, and that was how it worked out. And even though it's only a few verses, it tells us what it was like. Now, the culture they lived in was very different. It was small communities. They all knew each other. It wasn't a city of 400,000 people. It was a very different approach to money and finance. There was no benefit system to look after those who didn't have. And that's why everyone kind of had to bring to make sure that no one went without. It was no organized approach to caring for the community. It was really organic. And so we are in a different cultural context. We are. But the heart is the same. And from that place, so they got it. But we know then the narrative goes that that then the church started to spread and expand and the Apostle Paul went and planted churches. And you start to see this kind of almost second generation, the people that didn't walk with Jesus, who needed some help to learn the Jesus way. And effectively, that's what most of the rest of the New Testament is, is Paul and others writing to say, let's teach you this Jesus way that we are following, that we are living in. And I want to um, unpack just a little bit with you. One of those letters, one of those letters that in all the things that Paul, mainly Paul, sometimes Peter, sometimes James, kind of wrote to the church to kind of like say, right, this is how you do it, guys. This is how you live this Jesus life. This is how you do it. And so if you have a Bible with you, um, and that includes Bibles on your phone, I'm really, really happy for you to get it out and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And those of you who have been around a little bit will go, you know, if you were playing Bible bingo, you'd be like, I knew it was going to end up there this morning. And rightly so, because this is a fairly unique passage of scripture where one of the Bible writers actually goes, you know what? I'm going to give two chapters to this. Obviously, they didn't have chapters, but when, when Paul got writing in this letter to the church in Corinth, he was just like, okay, I'm really, really going to get this point over, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to kind of like encourage them, I'm going to challenge them, I'm going to exhort them, I'm going to inspire them, I'm going to throw it all in, and it's all in there for us. And uh, honestly, I could talk about these two chapters for about two hours, and I'm not going to. Um, and, uh, but I want to just kind of, kind of run through it, and I want you to see how we 
are living kind of in the same reality, in the same spiritual environment that he is speaking into and he is trying to create in this church in Corinth. He starts at the beginning of chapter 8. Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Because in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. So a little bit of background context. Paul knows the church in Jerusalem have some big needs. They are really struggling. They themselves are in poverty, which is for all sorts of different reasons. A lot of it would be persecution, just like brothers and sisters around the world cannot get jobs because they're Christians. So in the same way, the Corinthian church would have suffered the similar sorts of persecutions. And he was basically trying to get all of his churches to give generously so he could be a blessing to the Jerusalem church. And then he says, listen, firstly, before we go anywhere else, Church of Corinth, let me tell you about the Macedonians. The Macedonians, they're facing such a trial. They're some of the poorest Christians I know. And yet, they're overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. So they've got this big joy and this big financial poverty. He says the two have come together and they have welled up in rich generosity. And you generally find this, that wherever they're talking about people being generous, you will find often some of the poorest that are being the most generous, which is amazing. And again, I've said it before, it is the giving in this church has been led by some of those that perhaps have the least to give, which is absolutely fantastic and amazing. And again, we see here that the concept is not about how much you give, but how much is in your heart. He says that they're in poverty and yet it welled up in rich generosity. And I want to just say it again and again and again, that it's not the amount that counts. It is what is in your heart and your circumstance. And only you know your circumstance. We don't know that. And so whatever we want to say, start with the Macedonian church because they have done something amazing. I testify in verse 3, they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Some people will give beyond their ability. Now, in general, I would say that I think you have to be really careful before you do something like that. There'll be people in the room who have testimony to how they gave beyond their ability, almost as a, I'm trusting you in this, God. I'm trusting you in this, and I'm going to give beyond my ability, but I'm going to trust you because I'm following your lead. Now, that, that should not be the norm, I don't think. But I also want to say that if you are one of those people, I'd love you to tell me, because I want to stand with you in an act of faith like that. I, I, I want to I, I know because I want to be a celebration person alongside you when you see God meet your needs. It's 
It goes on. It says, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us. This is the Macedonian church. The Macedonian church pleaded with Paul for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. Amazing. And they exceeded our expectations. He says this. He says, they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then, by the will of God, to us also. You might be saying, what what does that mean? Well, generally, that bit of scripture is kind of taken to mean to understand that they gave them first to the Lord was actually they gave them first to their own church body. So they gave that out of what was kind of like the first place to give and the first place to sow. And I have to say that I totally believe that is right, that it is our church body that is the first place to give. I'm not saying that because I'm stood as a church leader. I'm saying that because I've lived that for nearly 30 years. And... And they did that. And, and I want to just kind of touch on this, because as well as having an opportunity to, to give for the building, the only reason we can buy this building is because we are a generous church. You are a generous church because of the regular money that comes in through people either giving a tithe or giving a, a, a regular monthly gift. It's only because of that that we can even consider this, that we can even consider having a mortgage and that we consider eventually owning this building that we will pay because people tithe and give. And if you're new to this church, we need you to join in with that, okay? I, I, I don't, I'm not embarrassed to say we need it. We need it. We need it. And so as well as that, as you journey on with us and you become part of our family, please, as it says, give yourself first to the Lord. And then, by the will of God, also to what we need in order to buy this building. He goes on and he says this. He says, since you excel in everything, verse 7. He's saying that you excel in, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness. Who wants to excel in complete earnestness? <laughs> Do your best earnest look. <laughs> Not very earnest. And you excel in the love that we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. You've just come to, they hadn't long come to Jesus. And he's saying they're doing so well. They've got faith. They've got knowledge. They've got love. And they're excelling in it. And in the same way, excel in this grace of giving. This grace word word is the word charis, which means the word gift. That God has given you, he's given you a gift to give. It actually is. So God is at work in you. So, So however you give or whatever you give, give thanks to God For him being the giver of the gift so you can give. Anyone follow that? (laughs) Because it is a gift. As you you fill in a form, as you get online later and, 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 and do a bank transfer or whatever, that is a gift to you and it is a gift to me. It doesn't make sense, but it is brilliant and it is beautiful. And I think we also know, don't we, that... You can't really excel in faith and knowledge and love 
without excelling in giving. Because faith will always lead to giving. Knowledge of God and his character will always lead to giving. And love will always lead to giving. He really then goes on as he goes through the, ver- through the chapter to just continue to re-impress on people how important it is that we do what we can do but we don't carry an unnecessary burden. In verse 12 of chapter 8, it says, if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. In verse 13, he says, our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're hard-pressed, but there might be equality. And that is why on the on the kind of the, the back of this, this giving thing, we've got the, this kind of this, this wall of bricks of what people can give. And it's recognizing that some people can stretch and give thousands and other people can give tens or a ten. And it is God's desire, not that some should be put under this huge financial pressure whilst others are just like, yeah, whatever. But it is God's desire that, that not that others might be relieved while you're hard-pressed, but there might be a sense of equality. And when it comes to equality, when we have this building, I've said it before and I'll say it again, when we've had this building, however much you were able to give, from the smallest gift, from the person living on the tightest income, to the biggest gift, and you will never know who those people are, that there will be equality. We will own this building together. There'll be no special seats. There'll be no special parking spaces. There'll be no, oh, you bought this much. (laughs) We all did it. Okay, it's a special toilet. Yeah, for anyone that will give £10,000, we'll have a special toilet put aside. We'll have the throne painted gold. And... um, Extra special toilet paper. (laughs) And then we turn over into chapter 9. And after Paul's done a little bit of housekeeping around kind of saying, come on guys, you said you were going to do this. Really do it. Don't just be people of words, be people of action. Really do it. But then he says some of the most inspiring verses around giving that, 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 that we can find. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He takes this simple farming metaphor. And for those of you who were here last week and you heard Tarzan give his uh, little bit of uh, his nugget of wisdom. When you see good soil, sow a seed. And in fact, Tarzan, I haven't passed this on, but my cousin, who I think is watching online from Haywards Heath, said, tell Tarzan that word spoke to us last week. And it was exactly what we needed to hear. So, cousin Dave, if you're watching, I've told him now. And, um, and hey, this is not just about money. Okay, We make a mistake if we think this is just about money. This is about your money. This is about your time. This is about your energy. This is about your talents. This is about your life. If all you do is just 
oh, I'll give a tiny bit there and I'll give a tiny bit there of my time, my life, my money, whatever. Then, as we know, in the garden, in the farm, farmer's field, if it's just the odd seed here and there, well, don't expect more than the odd plant to grow here and there. But if you go for it, and if you really plant those seeds and you're consistent in planting and watering and doing all of that, then we can expect generous stuff to reap. And listen, I know that that verse has been used and abused by people within the Christian world. I know it has, but I also know that you can take some of the poorest, humblest Christians in the world. In fact, Sure, Rob and Jane would say that some of the people they work with know that this principle is true. It works. And for our whole lives, let us be generous sowers that we might be generous givers. Two more verses. In verse 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver and I have I've genuinely tried really hard to set the level of inspiration and encouragement and challenge just right without veering into any sense of anyone feeling kind of reluctant or under compulsion. And I sit here today so confident in God's provision that I want to say, if you feel reluctant, if you feel under compulsion, if you can't give with a smile on the inside, please don't. Genuinely, please don't. Now, I believe that God would want to get you to a place of cheerful giving. But more importantly, this verse just speaks to it. Let's not be reluctant. Let's not be under compulsion. But let's, having prayed about it, having sought God, let's give because we've got a smile on our face and a smile in our heart because we want to give. And this is God's promise in verse 8. This really spoke to me this week. Verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly. This is where I start promising Mercedes and BMWs and everything for every gift that goes in. Um, I'm not going to do that. God is able to bless you abundantly. Why? How? So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need... You will abound in every good work. Okay? So the promise of loads of riches and loads of possessions and all that stuff, that doesn't come from the Word of God. The Word of God says, yes, God will bless you abundantly. So you might have two things. You might have all you need. That you might abound in every good 
work. That is God's promise to us. And you know what? That is what we're believing for as a church. We're believing that God will bless us abundantly so that we have all that we need, first to buy the building and then to do a little bit of work to make it really sing of God's goodness and God's welcome. And why? So that we as the Light Church might abound in good work. That is our heart. That is our desire. That is why we're buying this building, so we might abound in good work. So let me just run you through where we are at as we get ready to give. So I've got a, few, uh, a couple of slides to stick up on the screen with you, for you. So as explained um, last week, first of all, we have until the end of October, okay? That was what I agreed with Christians Against Poverty, that we are going to aim in getting the church family back together and then reaching that place where we would have our deposit, which was £290,000, deposit plus a few fees. This is real. <laughs> Someone said to me beforehand, so, so will you actually not have the building then? If it... Yes. Actually, it might take them like a month or two to kick us out. Yeah. And trust me, they do, not, they do not want to. That is, their heart is they want to sell this building to us. But that's it. We are under a genuine time pressure. So, how are we doing so far? Okay, well, let me tell you. So, we can have the next slide up. So, as explained last week, we've taken £70,000 from reserves and we praise God for those reserves. We got £30,000 from a grant from Trussell Trust. We have already got just over £20,000 from the Food Bank Fast, which is amazing. And uh, We've mentioned the leaders and trustees, we don't need to go on about that anymore. And then we've had some early gifts in that were, some came really early, but people have been giving um, through this week, which has just been absolutely fantastic. And by the way, if anyone has messaged, we know lots of people have been kind of emailing in, uh, either to me or Alan, or sending WhatsApp messages. It's been a really fun morning on WhatsApp. It's been great. It's like, yay! I wish every day was like this on WhatsApp. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so they, they aren't included in this. But if we can have the next slide, this will tell you where we are at. God has already provided £211,000 towards the purchase of this building. I feel like we're on the home straight, you know, that £79,000 is all we need to get to that point of having that deposit and going... God, because the mortgage is all lined up. It's just like we are, will be ready to go. This is so great and so, so, so exciting. Hello. Um, I just thought I would take this opportunity to let you know that a lot of what Matt has said, we have started teaching in our kids and youth groups. And when he talks about bricks in the walls, that means from our youngest ages, not to 18 as well. So kids that have just come back upstairs, do you want to just come and sit in the middle again? That's it. You can come with your leaders if you want. Hi, Noah. Hi. Brilliant. So we've just started to talk about 
how God inspires to us to be super generous and for our kids that might mean little bits of pocket money or allowance and we really believe in that God can work in our kids from our youngest ages so without any kind of unhelpful pressure there is like um, giving jars if kids want to bring what they feel that God has put on their heart because even if it's kind of 5p, 10p that's a brick in this wall isn't it and that just shows that God is at work so kids I am excited to just hear what you've learned about today what are these things that you've got does anybody want to tell me what have you got in your hand yeah Shanti cards we got cards to make for our friends family and people we know brilliant so you guys are being generous with what you've created for other people is that right yeah and can anybody tell me what you've learnt from your leaders today um, we have um, been learning about uh, give things um, to people and be kind and forgive that's lovely so you've been learning about how to give but also give with your kindness and forgiveness have you got another one um to be kind and generous Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? And these are all characteristics that God puts in our hearts. And even when we're really little, God can tell us how to be kind and generous. So I'm just going to pray for us as a group of awesome kids in this church. And over the next few weeks, kids, if you pray, and when you go home and when you go to sleep and when you're having those moments with God, and you say, God, show me how to be kind and generous then we want to know what God says to you and we want to know how he leads you so you can come back next week and if that's bits of pocket money or if that's more cards for friends or if that's in your prayer time we want to know okay so God let's just pray for our kids God we just thank you so much for every kid and every young person that's part of this church, these ones that are sat here right now, our youth that are kind of sat all around our room, our ones that haven't made it to church this morning and are watching online. And God, we thank you that you care about the conditions of our kids and our young people's hearts. And God, you want to bring kindness and generosity and love and forgiveness and giving out of every age in our church. And buying this building is with the help of our children and our young people. And it is for our children and our young people. These ones that are here and the ones that we haven't met yet. So God, we just pray a full release of what you're doing. And Father, I want to especially ask you that you would speak to our children this week. So kids, when you go home, when you have those moments with God, ask him, God, what are you saying to me? What do you have for me? Speak, God, I am listening. Amen. Should we give our kids and our young people a round of applause? Thank you. As uh, Matt was speaking, God really impressed on my heart the story of the widow of Zarephath. Uh, if you don't know the story, you can read it in 1 Kings 17. But this was a widow who had a son, and they were, at, they were about to just take their lives by having their last meal. And the prophet of God came to her and said, 
whatever you've got, a bit of flour and a bit of oil, make for me um, uh, some, some bread. And, and uh, so she did. She obeyed. So she gave her whatever bit she had, she gave it to God and to the prophet. And uh, she, um, the prophet of God then just blessed her. And that's the blessing that I want to speak over us. And it says that for the jar, so she, he said to her, for the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. And I speak that over us, that whenever we have given, wherever we, those of us who have given sacrificially and beyond our ability, that that will be our experience that the, the flower will not run dry and the jar of oil will continue to flow over us in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can pop the Prosecco because we've hit 297,000 pounds. How good is that? We've done it. We have done it. We have got everything we need to get our mortgage to buy this building. Praise God. We give you thanks, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Generosity. Generosity. May we be known as the church of the generous. And may the church of the generous get larger and larger. For your glory, Jesus. For your glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And there is... There is still more to come in. There is. There is still more to come in. Not only from our church family, but beyond that as well. And uh, this coming Tuesday, I'm going to call us as a church to prayer. Okay? And uh, to prayer and fasting. Partly fasting because I want the food bank guys to know in their final 24 hours of three days that they've got the church behind them and with them. But fasting, because we, I want to see God's provision poured out for this building. This is enough for us to buy it. And they, we've got a couple of big trust applications out there that now, when they come in, that literally all goes towards refurbing this place, making it into, into everything we want it to be. There's one grant application with the government for £225,000. <laughs> okay? <laughs> It's a total long shot, but with God, all things are possible. And yeah, we just want to be praying for God to continue pouring out his provision. But can I just say, like seriously, church family, those watching online, those catching up, thank you for whatever you've been able to do. And as I said earlier, you know, if the heart is willing, then the gift is appropriate. And I just really do pray that you will know the joy of giving and the blessing that comes with it of knowing that you put money in its place and God in his rightful place in your lives and your finances and so just wonderful thank you so much thank you so much for listening hey you made it to the end that's even more encouraging if you'd like to find out more about who we are visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk we pray God's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day 